This is The Winner's Take with host Nelson Rowley Raisbeck and professional sports handicapper Dave Essler. Welcome into Winner's Take. As always, I'll be your host, Nelson Rowdy Raisbeck, joined by professional sports better Dave Essler. If you want to find any of our work, you can uh, find us on Twitter. You can find me at Rowdy underscore Razor. You can find Dave at Dave underscore Essler, or you can find his work at pregame.com. So we do have a little bit of a month in review. We finished the month of June here for the Major League Baseball season. Uh, Started out extremely hot. Didn't have the best finish, but yet another winning month here for winner's take in Major League Baseball. That is now April, May, and June, all winning months. And Dave, what are you thinking about that? Halfway through the baseball season, weirdly enough, as well. Yeah, I mean, like I've said on other podcasts, I'm really happy about that because a lot of these we're doing a day in advance. And and I know even some of the ones that we haven't tagged as a bet or a best bet, uh, the content's been pretty solid. So I think we're doing well. I think we're doing a good thing. And I think most importantly, um, we're giving a lot of content without a lot of bullshit, which is, I think, pretty important in today's day and age. People don't have the time to sit there and listen to people pat themselves on the back. And speaking of fluff, let's just dive right into it, Dave. Uh, This is kind of like our 4th of July special. Obviously, we're recording this July 3rd. It's Monday. We're going to do three games from the Monday slate, another three games from the July 4th Tuesday slate, and then uh, we'll pick our best bets. And I believe Dave has some NFL and college football for the end of the podcast as well. So uh, let's jump right in here. Again, we're recording... Monday, July 3rd. So the first game on Monday, July 3rd that we're going to be looking at, it's actually a 540 Central Time first pitch. It's going to be between the St. Louis Cardinals and they're traveling to Miami to take on the Marlins. Miles Michaelis on the mound for the Cardinals. Braxton Garrett on the mound for the Fish. What are you thinking for this one, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I work backwards, look at the bullpens, and it's just not possible, Nelson, to bet on the Cardinals for the full game here. I mean, they're their bullpen over the last seven games, they have a whip of 1.71, which is, you know, approaching two batters per inning. So that you just have to scratch. And, you know, I could conceivably take McCullough for the first five, but he's been feast or famine. So if I did that, I'd be betting on what I see as a pretty high variance outcome, even though Miami hasn't seen a lot of him. And for Miami, in spite of playing their last two series at Boston and at Atlanta, the pen has numbers I can get behind, uh, albeit in a first game back, uh, which is a situation I'm not a fan of, uh, but you can't have everything, as we talk about quite a bit. I mean, Garrett's only allowed more than two earned runs, I think three of his 15 starts. So, you know, while the potential for him to get hit is there, the variance is far less than it is of McCullough. So I would have to be on the fish uh, and the under, actually, as obvious as they might be. Yeah, I looked at this game, Dave, and I I really didn't like a ton. It was kind of like both of these bullpens aren't that great. Uh, You're sitting there going, well, I always feel like the Cardinals can't be written off just because they're the Cardinals. But again, they continue to lose games. And Braxton Garrett has been good. Uh, I actually thought that this line was probably pretty correct in in labeling the Marlins as somewhat of a smaller favorite at home. But I know money is coming in on Miami. The total at eight, I could see it. I just don't have a super strong opinion on this game. Didn't really like anything. 
didn't even like it enough to really have a lean. I did, unfortunately, last night when I was doing this, love a Jazz Chisholm hit prop today, but he went down with an injury last night and is probably not going to be available or playing today. So that's thrown out the window. Actually, the one thing that I did write down besides the Jazz Chisholm hit, I would lean with a Braxton Garrett over strikeout total, and that would be at five and a half. The reason why I kind of like his strikeout total over, if you look at how he's been pitching this month, he's been throwing the ball really, really well. Has a, almost a one and a half strikeouts per inning this month, which is pretty impressive. And his ERA is at 222. So I would lean with his over in strikeouts as he has had 13, 8, 9, and 6 just in his four out of his last five there. So uh, I would lean with the over for the strikeouts, especially because St. Louis has to travel too to Miami. Other than that, I don't love much in this game. Yeah, I actually like your strikeout prop. I mean, he, he didn't get too many in Boston last time out, but, you know, again, the Cardinals haven't seen a lot of him, so I uh, I, could, I could totally get behind that strikeout prop, so I'm with you there. And I'm looking at it here just digging in a little bit more. I mean, he's been averaging going into June about a strikeout an inning. If you look at his June numbers, we could probably, if he throws five innings, I feel pretty confident we get the six. Uh, he could probably throw four in a change and might still get it. So, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good. So the only thing I got for this game, give me Braxton Garrett over for the strikeout total. Hey, the money all spends the same. Sometimes you have to dig deeper than others, and sometimes you just find nothing. So, you know, that's a, a good a good find there, I think. Uh, going to our second game here on the Monday slate, we're going to go to a 6-10 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the red-hot Atlanta Braves taking on the Cleveland Guardians. Bryce Elder on the mound for the Braves. You have Gavin Williams on the mound for the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for this Atlanta-Cleveland game? Yeah, I think I'm going to do something here that not many people would recommend, and that's bet against the Braves. I mean, I know they've won 17 of 20, and they've been tearing off the cover. Uh, they're a great team, so do not hear what I am not saying. This is just one game, and and yes, Elder is elite. Uh, but, you know, look at the teams the Braves have been beaten on here. Uh, the Tigers, Washington, Colorado, to name a few, and and two-thirds of those wins have been at home. They're not invincible. Uh, and we talked about Gavin Williams last week and how his minor league stats were ridiculously good and how he'd rebounded maybe after giving it up to Oakland in his first major league start. And he proceeded to shut out the Royals on one hit through seven innings. And, you know, I know it's the Royals, but one hit through seven innings is pretty good no matter who, you, who you're pitching against. And, you know, I'm not suggesting he'll do that again, but somewhere in between will be just fine. Um, you know, Cleveland's in that first game back, but only from Chicago. So they really haven't racked up a lot of frequent flyer miles. Uh, and they started scoring over the weekend in, in Wrigley. So, you know, in spite of themselves, they're still tied for first in the AL Central. So I also expect a low-scoring game. So I'm going to be on the Guardians' first five and full-game run line, as well as the under, my friend. Yeah, I looked at this game, and, and you kind of said it. Uh, Bryce Elder is elite. I mean, he is going to the All-Star game. But Gavin Williams, I had to dig a little bit into him, and he was a bigger-time prospect and actually pitched quite well. He was the first Cleveland starting pitcher to go at least seven innings in his first two starts and give up no runs. And the kid looks like he's got some juice. So, I mean, it should be a pretty good pitching matchup. 
So for what I looked at, we know that they played all weekend. I could see the under, and I wrote down first five under as well. But now that I think about it, I think I might lean with the full game under just because we're not exactly sure we know what Gavin Williams is. But at the same time, Cleveland does have a good bullpen. So I might change that to a full game under, kind of agree with you there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can't, but, you know, those ones that I don't know how you can't, you know, it might be five to four in the third inning, who knows. But I, I think we're getting a good price here because the Braves have been so hot, because the Bra- because Elder is uh, going to the All-Star game, and, and he's a great pitcher. They're not going to win every game. So, like I said, it's a it's one game, and, and you know, for a home team that has a pretty good pitcher, getting that extra half run and run and a half in what probably will be a low-scoring game is too much to pass up for me. Yeah, Dave, I actually looked at a couple of props for this game. I actually don't mind the Bryce Elder over for strikeouts. It's only at three and a half. If you look at his numbers, he's not a big strikeout guy. You would think with you know him being so good with the numbers that he's put up and the fact that he's an all-star pitcher, that he'd be this big strikeout king. Yeah, he's really not, but when you look at his numbers, he's pretty much consistently hit four or more pretty much almost every other start outside of like a a first game against Miami, but then when you look at the second game, then he got it. You know, There's only a few starts here and there against some teams that don't strike out a ton, and I'm just looking. I know Cleveland doesn't strike out a ton, but I feel like he'll give us enough innings where that four is very realistic. Because if he goes six innings, I think he picks this up pretty easily. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And that whole thing is innings. I I lost the strikeout prop last night on the, I believe it was the Royals starter that was was a young kid. And he he was teetering, but they took him out after four. He needed one more. And uh, his pitch count wasn't all that high. Uh, So that, that kind of sucked. So some of these things definitely are out of your control. But I don't see Elder not not going six innings, so you probably got a winner there. Looking at Gavin Williams, so I told you I dug a little bit into him. He's actually a kid that in the, the minor leagues struck out a ton of batters. Now, that really hasn't been realized so far in his first two starts, but he's given some decent innings. I think he went over five, and I think it was five plus the one and, and seven the other. Six Ks in the seven-inning starts, and in the five-plus inning start, he had uh, four his number's sitting at four and a half. It is the Braves. It's a great offense. I think there's room for an over, but I don't know if I'd play it just because of that Braves offense being so good. Maybe he doesn't get the distance he normally would because it's not the A's, you know, it's not the Royals, and they don't strike out a ton. But I think there's room maybe in the future for Gavin Williams overs. Yeah, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, uh, you know, if you're going to um, take a guy like, uh, Williams' strikeouts, you know, yeah, you have to definitely um, look at the uh, Braves as, you know, the opponent there. And the the one thing uh, you do have a a leg up on there uh, is he's a right-handed pitcher. It was a left-handed pitcher. Uh, You know, the Braves just crushed left-handed pitchers. So, yeah, it's a 50-50 proposition, which probably isn't enough to bet, but I think you're spot on with your analysis of Williams. Yeah, I think he's, just because it's the Braves and they're that good, I think you put it in your back pocket and don't do anything with it, but you remember Gavin Williams in the future moving forward when maybe he's not facing a team like the Braves, that there is that uh, room for him for a a lot more strikeouts. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's one you want to look ahead, and you almost hope he he strikes out two and gets crushed. I mean, I don't, but 
you know, if he does, that'll make him a little more valuable next time out, I think. So, yeah, good call. Look at our third game for the Monday slate. It's going to be a 6.05 Central Time first pitch. Going to be the Baltimore Orioles traveling to New York to take on the Yankees. Tyler Wells on the mound for the Orioles. Domingo Herman on the mound for the Yankees. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for our third and final game on this July 3rd Monday slate? Yeah, I don't have a huge opinion on it. I mean, you know, we all know what Herman did last time. So that's almost an auto fade. I know Tyler Wells has been super solid, um, a little more hitable on the road. I mean, he's only given up uh, less than two earned runs in six straight starts. But the team that, that did hit him hard the end of May was the Yankees. Uh, and the team that did hit him hard uh, in the beginning of April was the Yankees. So, you know, one would have thought he would uh, make his adjustments and, and set down the Yankees uh, pretty good the second time around. He didn't. So I'm a little leery of that. Uh, but I guess based on, you know, and also he has given up some home runs, uh, I think uh, six in his last five starts. So I'm a little leery of saying I love Baltimore. I think liking Baltimore is more a matter of not liking New York. So I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, I, I looked at this game, Dave, and basically instantly thought fade Domingo Herman. And you kind of mentioned it with Wells. The team that has hit him the hardest was both times against the Yankees. Overall, he's been slightly worse on the road this year. So mine, I probably would have said Baltimore in the first five, just because uh, both bullpens are pretty good, but the Yankees has been better than the Orioles. But one that I looked at for a prop that I kind of liked was Domingo Herman under in strikeouts. One, he's coming off of the perfect game. So I found the prop at five and a half with juice to the under. And now I'm seeing it in other places being put up at four and a half with juice to the over. Uh, if you can find that five and a half, I kind of like it because I'm, I'm scrolling down like his strikeout lists. And yeah, he had nine against the A's, all well and good. But there's not a whole other ton of games here where he has went over that five and a half, especially not in the last couple of months. So and plus he did throw 99 pitches, which is the most he's thrown all season. And it's not the A's. I would go with the under in his strikeout props again. I'm seeing it at five and a half with juice to the under, and I'm seeing at uh, four and a half at juice to the over. If you can find a five and a half, I like that bet quite a bit. Yeah, I could totally see that. I, I, you know, when you're saying what you're saying, it brought up another point. Um, there's a lot of professional batters that do nothing but middle bets, uh, and that would be one you could try to middle if you were willing to eat a little bit of juice. There's situations where you don't have to. But you could bet over four and a half and under five and a half, and, and theoretically cash both of you lands on five. Um, I don't. I don't know that I would do that. I don't know that I wouldn't do that. But it's a theoretical thing that I wanted to throw out there while we were on that subject. But yes, I, I, I do like the under five and a half a little better than the over four and a half. But you know, no talent five is a pretty common number. So you know, in the in the future, I'll I'll look harder at those because it's rare that you get those opportunities. So sometimes you just do it to do it. See, I'm looking through his his uh, game logs here, Dave, and outside of April, May and June, he's been below one strikeout an inning, basically outside of that A's game. And if you're thinking about he's got to get six, he'd probably have to pitch at least six innings 
but yet he's coming off of the perfect game, nine innings with 99 pitches, and he's playing a Baltimore team that's not bad. That might be a bit of an ask. Oh, I agree with you. You know, sometimes those middle bats are, are, are just strictly playing numbers. Uh, it's not calculating out that he will get five, no more, no less. It's it's strictly a it's a numbers thing. I mean, much like in football, if you can get a plus three and a half early and the line goes back to minus two and a half, well, you take both uh, and hope it lands on three. Uh, it's just it's just something you do uh, because there's, you know, it's betting numbers and it's not handicapping. And there's a way to make money doing that, but you have to be on it basically 24-7 to be able to pick those up and, of course, have multiple outs. But, you know, it is a way to make money. It does require a lot of patience, but it can be done. So that'll do it for our July 3rd Monday slate games. Now we're going to move forward here to the Tuesday, July 4th. So happy 4th of July to everyone out there. First game, weirdly enough, Dave, you know what our first game is for the July 4th slate? It's the Baltimore Orioles and the New York Yankees. Well, that's a good segue to go right into it. Um, I looked at that game, and honestly... It's scary how many losses the Yankees have taken without Judge, but you know, look at the the work. They they are still eight games over five hundred on the season, so they're not one of those teams. Uh, they are one of those teams actually that you know when you think they can't, then they do. Uh, so I'm always leery of that. Um, same as the Braves, you know, eventually they're going to lose. Then again, there's Schmidt. You know, he's already thrown against the Orioles twice. Uh, once, of course, he was hammered. Then he rebounded to pitch really well, but still lost that game. But I still have to think mentally the Orioles have his number. Uh, and Gibson's been hit, getting hit a lot more lately than he was in April and May. Uh, and, and after he, too, hit the Yankees a month ago, I have to think they do scare score score some runs. Uh, you know, both pens have been average to above average lately. So, um, you know, I, I actually like the first five over in this one uh, quite a bit. Yeah, I looked at this one, Dave, and you kind of mentioned Schmidt making the adjustments almost like maybe it's Baltimore's turn to hit him. And Kyle Gibson has been around forever. They have a ton of familiarity with him. And you mentioned how he threw really well against the Yankees less than a month ago. I think it was a couple of weeks ago, actually. I wrote two things down. First one, I lean with the Yankees in the first five. The second one was a lean to the first five over. So we're kind of on the same wavelength there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't see how you can really see it any other way based on the based on the numbers and obviously um the third excuse me the monday night game could have some effect on that but you know like i always say until it does it doesn't so we have to assume whatever happens tonight does not have an effect on tomorrow um but you know we'll we'll know who the home plate umpire is and we'll you know i know the weather a little better the weather pattern but you know all things being equal i really do like that first five over so moving to our second game on the July 4th slate, going to go to a 3:10 central time first pitch between the Chicago Cubs and the Milwaukee Brewers. Kyle Hendricks on the mound for the Cubs, Wade Miley going for the Brewers. Dave, what are your thoughts on this one? Because I sent you a text uh, earlier this morning about a Cubs-Brewers series price, and unfortunately, as we tape this, I am hearing a lot of Cubs scoring. Yeah, I haven't looked. I, I saw they were up three to nothing here uh, Monday afternoon. Um, but again, let's let's go with they're not playing today for our handicapping purposes. And you know, I'm kind of going to leave this one to you. But for my money, you know, Hendricks can go either way, especially against someone that's seen him a ton. You know, maybe a Jesse Winkler prop uh, along the way because he's hit him pretty hard. Uh, but the one thing he does do is keep the ball down 
uh, hence in the park. So, you know, I, I don't know how many runs Milwaukee's going to score. And, you know, Miley's been really solid since coming back from the I.L. And, you know, his only bad start this year was against the Dodgers, which was right before he went on the I.L. Uh, so even though the Cubs hit lefties better, you know, I kind of trust Miley here. Uh, but what I can't trust is the Brewers' bullpen. Uh, and that's especially true if Williams has to pitch today. Obviously, if the Brewers don't start scoring this afternoon, he won't have to pitch tonight. Uh, so to me, the bets are obvious. I like the Brewers in the first five and the first five under. But as usual, I leave the Milwaukee content mostly to you. I'm going to disagree with you on this one. And the reason why is Kyle Hendricks, you're correct. There is a lot of familiarity, obviously, with him being – interdivision with the Brewers, but he's actually kind of had the Brewers number over the years. Now there might be a few guys here and there, like you mentioned, Jesse Winker, but this is Winker's first year in Milwaukee and it hasn't necessarily went that well. Wade Miley on the other hand, like you said, he's been really, really good. Uh, Can't complain with anything that he's done, but the Cubs do hit left-handed pitching pretty hard. I would take both of the bullpens out because neither are reliable, especially right now. I would actually lean with the the Cubs in the first five. And I'm looking at uh, tomorrow's early line here on DraftKings. Right now, Chicago is an underdog, slight underdog. So you might even be able to get that first five at plus money. And then I also kind of looked at, uh, well, never mind. That was the only one I wrote down for this. But yeah, Cubs in the first five is uh, what I would lean with. So I guess we'll go head to head on that one. Fair enough. Um, I, I see your Brewers have put a couple on the board now. Maybe they'll put a third one on there, but uh, I don't think anybody predicted a 6-3 game in the third uh, up there in Wisconsin this afternoon. So we'll we'll talk fast, get it over with, so you can watch a potential home, comeback and then get disappointed when Williams gives it up in a couple hours. <laughs> well, well, Dave, to your point there, just another reason why we won't be able to either of us trust the bullpens. Neither bullpen has been great lately, and it looks like both bullpens are going to be worked uh, this afternoon too. Yeah, it looks that way, doesn't it? So let's move to our third and final game of the 4th July slate. It's actually going to be a 7-10 Central Time first pitch, one of the later games tomorrow night. Going to look at the Toronto Blue Jays heading to Chicago to take on the White Sox. Chris Bassett going for Toronto. uh, Lucas Giolito going for the White Sox. Uh, Dave, what are you thinking for this one, our final one for Major League Baseball? Yeah, I mean, this one's an easy one to handicap because both teams have today off, so um, there's not anything that, that could change my opinion here. You know, the White Sox have been hitting a little bit, but on the flip side, their pitching, especially the bullpen, has been getting lit. I mean, they gave up seven runs in their last four games. Three of those games were to the Oakland A's, which naturally makes me want to look at the over. Uh, and it's no secret that Giolito's fared much better at home this season. Uh, and there aren't many Toronto hitters that have had great success against him, but that bullpen. So we can't go White Sox full game. Uh, and yet Toronto was swept by Boston. So heading out of town, that, that can't feel very good. Uh, and Bassett has the same splits as Giolito. He's been he's been torched on the road. And Chicago's seen him some, not as much as I have thought, uh, given the, that he's been in the American League. But, you know, given all we do know here, I absolutely have to take the White Sox for the first five innings since there's zero chance – I can any bet I'm going to make is going to include the White Sox bullpen. So uh, I I like the White Sox for the first five innings. I don't care if you go head to head with me. Yeah, not much to add for me here. I agree with you. It's uh, Lucas Giolito in the first five with the White Sox. Bassett historically has been worse on the road. 
Giolito historically better at home. Uh, Giolito has fared pretty well against Toronto. And as of right now at DraftKings, it's uh, even money plus 100 here on the White Sox. You might be able to get plus money in the first five as well. Uh, Only way I could bet it was the White Sox in the first five. Well, good. I'm glad we agree. We agree on most of them. Now, Dave, I know you said you had some NFL and college football stuff you were looking at, so we'll add those in here before we do our Major League Baseball best bets. Yeah, I, I was looking at the NFC North. I mean, that's also right up your alley. And the Chicago Bears over regular season wins. I mean, talk me off the ledge here, Nelson. I mean, I think that was a huge move, dealing the first pick to the Panthers. And, you know, they added DJ Moore. Um, and they have a group of pass catchers that, you know, all of a sudden looks decent or pretty good even. I mean, you know, with Moore and Mooney, Cole Komet, who I like, Claypool, you never know what you get. But they do have some proven talent around Justin Fields. And I think he makes a, a big leap this year because I think uh, I think Getze, their offensive coordinator, kind of got a feel for how to use him uh, last year. Uh, and they, they also have more cap space than any team in the league. So, you know, they can spend money if they have to. And they already addressed the offensive line. I mean, that was a huge problem, taking that the center down on right from Tennessee. And you know how I love SEC guys to do well early, given the level of talent they play in college. And he also played at Tennessee in a, in a pro-style offense. So, uh, you know, I think their offense is actually uh, potentially can be scary. Um, when I look at their schedule, you know, we know what the Packers are or aren't. So they're not Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, the Vikings are not going to win 13 games this year. I mean, I think uh, I think Chicago is going to have a chance to pick up more wins in that division. And I look up and down their schedule, you know, I can only see six, you know, maybe seven games that uh, that I can see them losing. I mean, you know, they're going to win some they shouldn't and, 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 and lose some they probably shouldn't. But that gives me a lot of a cushion here. Um, so I like the Bears to actually outkick their coverage this year. Yeah, so I I know that they've improved and signed a couple guys on defense. I know that you mentioned the offensive line has been improved and the pass catchers, some of the weapons. Now, they did lose David Montgomery, uh, one of their running backs, but that's not a huge issue like, oh, you can't bet this for me. I would just say for me and the Chicago Bears, how good are they going to be? Are they going to be a six-win team, a seven-win team, or maybe sneak in there with eight or nine? It all rides on one guy, and that's Justin Fields and how well Justin Fields can improve throwing the football. If Justin Fields uh, starts to look like a middle-of-the-road thrower of the football, yeah, the Chicago team's going to be pretty good and could be scary in the future. Uh, but it's for the Packer fans here, it's the same thing. The Bears have to prove it, and the Lions have to prove it. Agreed, agreed. But I, I like that one quite a bit. I, I don't think you could talk me down. I mean, because, you know, everybody's pegging the Lions to be better than people think even again and, and the Packers to be worse than people think again um, and the Vikings to totally suck with, you know, no Dalvin Cook and the smoke and mirrors last year. And, you know, things in the NFL over the course of six months don't ever go according to plan. So I'm not going to pin it all on that. But, yeah, some of it, but not all of it. I just think the Bears have made some really good personnel moves. Uh, See, I feel like in the NFC North this year, the Bears need to prove it at quarterback. The Lions just in general, that because the Lions have had a stench to them for forever since like the 50s. Green Bay, they need their quarterback to prove it. And then there's the Vikings that they look like they're on the downswing here from what they had with the core players. So 
who knows who's even really that good in the NFC North. Agreed. Agreed. Now, Dave, we got about five minutes here. Uh, if you had a quick college football win total. Yeah, I, I actually like – I'm going to go back to the SEC. I like Auburn uh, win total over. I mean, you know, with, with Harson gone, I mean, that's a big deal. I love Hugh Freeze. I have a lot of confidence in him. I mean, he led Ole Miss to two, two consecutive nine-win seasons and a, and a Sugar Bowl win, actually. And I think that uh, uh, it was a Hugh Freeze team that put a blemish on uh, Alabama's uh, 2016 national – championship team and you know look what he did at liberty uh, they beat arkansas uh in arkansas and look at last year um you know let's call it turnover regression um the tigers finished like 122nd which is pretty much near last in turnover margin last year i mean that can't get much worse you know freezes uh they got plenty of firepower there and, and they actually lead all the sec teams in uh what they call tarp which is talent acquired and returning production you know, they got that kid Peyton Thorne from, from Michigan State, and I think he'll take over for T.J. Finley, or T.J. Finley might even be out. Um, I like their dual threat, Robbie Ashford. Um, I just think they're being undervalued here, so I like the Auburn Tigers to go over their win total. Yeah, I don't have a ton to argue with you there, Dave. So Dave does like the Chicago Bears to go over on their win total, and he likes the Auburn Tigers to go over on their win total as well. Dave, let's uh, throw out a few uh, Major League Baseball bets bets before we get out of here. Fair enough. Um, I will stick with uh, the Chicago White Sox on Tuesday for the first five innings, and uh, I will take the under – uh, in the Miami and St. Louis game tonight being Monday night. So Dave is going to go with two of them. You said you like the Chicago White Sox in the first five innings. That actually might be a plus money. I'll co-sign that one. And your second one was? The Cardinals and the Fish, McCullough and Garrett under the total tonight. And he'll take the under in the Cardinals and the Marlins game. Uh, Dave, I'm just going to throw out one for you, and it's actually going to be for tonight. I'm going to go with the Bryce Elder pitching prop. I'm going to take his strikeouts over the three and a half. I think he gets a six innings here against a weaker Cleveland offense, especially one that's not very familiar with them. I think he gets to to six innings and, and clearly goes over the three and a half and, and gets at least four strikeouts. Uh, so there you go. We got uh, three best bets. For Major League Baseball the next couple of nights. For today, Dave likes the Cardinals and the Marlins to go under the total. And then I like the Bryce Elder strikeout prop over three and a half. And then tomorrow, Dave does like the Chicago White Sox in the first five innings. I co-stamped that one. So I think we got three pretty good bets. Uh, Before we get out of here, Dave, just want to give a shout out to all the listeners We're continuing to uh, grow a following, so continue to share, continue to like, download, uh, maybe write us a review, but seriously, it's getting pretty good, Dave. And the more followers we get, the more content we can put out there. That's true. I like, you know, more followers is good and nobody bitching is even better. Yeah, I haven't heard, I think the most, I think the most bitching I've heard, Dave, has been for people saying, hey, when's another episode coming out? Yeah, that would be. I, I haven't. I haven't seen anybody get pissed at us. So yeah, so we must, we must be doing a thing or two right. 
Yeah, so continue again, continue to share, download, like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Again, you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Rowdy underscore Razor. You want to find Dave on Twitter, it's at Dave underscore Essler. You can also find his work at pregame.com. But until then, let's continue to make some money and happy 4th of July. The Winner's Take is your podcast for everything gambling at MadCitySportsZone.com. In the Zone app or wherever you get your podcasts, listen, rate, subscribe.